Craft Beer Radio, episode 196 on 11 11 11. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where I forgot the third thing we were going to talk about. Whoops. <laughs> you really stepped in that one. Uh, we are I... doing barley wines. It's getting cold out. Yes. Which one would you like to do first? Um, I want to do Old Knucklehead. All right. So we've got a beer here from Bridgeport Brewing. And oh, this is a bourbon barrel. Are you sure you want to do this first? No. <laughs> okay. That I just I don't want that to yeah to affect our taste. So uh, yeah, let's do that one. Well, another old. This one is old inventory. This one is from Valley Brewing Company. This is a beer that Gary Frank sent us. This one is uh, Valley Brewing Company is in California. Eleven point three percent alcohol by volume. Thank you, Gary. It's a winter uh, seasonal, and it has a gold medal of the GABF here on the label. So presumably it won that at some time, <laughs> or they just like the. No, they labels. just like it, yeah. That'd be great. Just start putting gold medals on all your labels, or just call yourself Gold Medal Brewery. <laughs> the best brewery <laughs> and ever. You can just say this is our gold medal pilsner. This is our gold medal lager. This is hey, our Pops is made of <laughs> a career out of that. So. All right, so we are drinking these out of small little. Um, Stem glassware. These are actually the glasses they gave us to savor this year. So we don't indulge too much with our barley yeah. wines. I mean, let's face it. These are high alcohol beers. And uh, there's an easy chance of us getting to a situation where we get way too drunk. So let's not do that. The color is a nice uh, dark amber. It's got a... A little bit of ruby in there, too. It's kind of red. Yeah. I see that, too. Has a, a minimal head, but and the bubbles are sort of medium on that. Delicious aroma on this thing. You get yeah. that that sweet toffee caramel maltiness. I've had this beer. It's in a, for a couple of years now. It doesn't seem to have a vintage on the bottle. But so this is an older one, then, or at least it's it's been around for a while. Well, let's see. This well, the label. Said that it is one. It won at the 2009 GABF, so it is not older than 2009 GABF. Hmm. Yeah, toffee. Uh, a little bit of some chocolate, ar- like aromas. Yep. Smells very good. There's a little age on the beer. There's a little sh- a little bit of sherry notes. It's a little oxidized, but not not too not bad. Not in a bad way. It, it's perfectly. Uh, it's perfectly oxidized enough to, to almost help a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. So ooh. it <laughs> Jeff went ooh yeah. I got this really great late taste. It came. What is that? It reminds it's a hop. me. Of... Hmm. You can I can taste the hops on this at the okay. end. Okay. Uh, it's got pretty high hops in there. I mean, there should be high hop. They are barley wines. They're very sweet, and to balance that out. But I tasted. Yeah, I got some this syrupy fruit. kind of molassesy, kind of cinnamony, cinnamon sugar, simple syrup, molasses type flavor in the late aftertaste, and it just came across really nice. It reminded me of cinnamon toast crunch a little bit. <laughs> I know what you're getting, and you know, there's but but to me, that's almost all. 
West Coast hop. Really? From yeah, the, the aftertaste of that West is sort of a West Coast hop mixing with the high alcohol. Okay, I got another sip, and you're right. On the label, there is a um, 1940s, 50s type illustration of um, kind of like you know, a pinup kind, girl. Type. Yeah, a pinup girl sitting on some barley sacks with uh, lots of cleavage and waving hi to us. Hi. The more I drink of this, the more I'm kind of surprised and shocked by how hoppy it is. It's um, it's got a lot of hops in there. The first couple, the first sip or two was like mm-hmm. big, you know, you, the malt hit you. But now that you're, you're getting used to the malt, the the really big hoppiness is coming through. And yeah, like I said, uh, this is strong uh, continental or, or yeah, continental hops or you know cascade that sort of thing. Okay, yeah, I'm getting. You know, we're not getting. I'm not getting any hops in the aroma. I'm getting a little bit in the flavor. Most of it's kind of a uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> no idea what to think about that. <laughs> oh, um, mo- sorry about that. Most of most of it is like in the. It's almost like you know how like you know how you use visual things a lot to describe this so i'm going to try to pull out a visual reference here it's kind of like just the edge of the visible spectrum you know so it's like the infrared of hop flavor right like to me it's like that blending into the bitterness i don't i'm not getting a bunch of like okay. really straight on hop flavor it's kind of like you know it's there but you can't really taste it type thing that's the way i'm getting it i i'm getting a sort of it really surrounds the beer right and it's uh there's like a, maybe a thin film of hop over the center of the beer, and then the, the rest of it is just it's lots of hops to me. Okay. I'm just tasting big, big hops in this beer. Okay, yeah, we're we're uh, not describing. We're, we're not trying to describe the same thing, apparently. It is tasty. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. Trying to see if there's anything else to pull out of this. My you know, it, it's it, the the texture of the, of the beer is is very barley wine esque. It's you know just just this mm-hmm. side of syrupy. Um, okay. Yeah, relatively low carbonation on it. Very you know drinkable for for eleven percent. That's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. The booze is is well hidden. It's not hot at all. Yeah. You know, just tasting it, I'm like doesn't taste anything above it doesn't taste anything above eight, eight yeah and a half, that's you know? exactly what i was thinking at eight percent and yeah it's 11 so it's very very good job of hiding uh i do think that maybe i would have dropped the hops a little bit but then again this won a gold medal and i have not right well i mean think of a fresh bigfoot right that's really hoppy too so west coast style barley wine is allowed to have that mm-hmm. kind of hops in it you know both of you i'm and not I, saying it's not allowed yeah both you and i prefer the english style yeah all right, so that was Old Inventory from Valley Brewing Company in California. Let's go for another one with Old in the title. Let's do Old Stock Ale from North Coast. As I was mentioning to, to Jeff, these two beers are sort of the reason, or the names reflect the reason why we're doing this show. Jeff has a lot of old inventory and old stock of barley wines. A lot. <laughs> I do have barley wines out the wazoo. 
We could do barley wines from now until uh, Memorial Day, probably, if we wanted to. So the old stock yale from North Coast in California is brewed with classic Maris Otter Malt, uh, Fuggles and East Kent Goldings Hops. So everything is imported from England. Uh, it calls itself an old ale. 12.5% alcohol by volume, 36 IBUs. Even if it doesn't call itself an old ale, we're going to have to call it an old ale because this is a 2006 so, stock ale. So it's an old, old stock. Uh, that's uh, fantastic. I, I love old ales. Mm-hmm. We got five years on this one, so uh, let's hop on this one and see what we got. It pours darker than the last one. Very clear, but... Actually, the shape of the glass makes it hard to see, you know, the way it bends the light. You can't yeah. really, you can't see freckles or fingerprints through the shape of this glass. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it looks nice, though. This one has, uh, compared to the last one, the last one was a lot of toffee and caramel. This one's a little darker. It's a little... More, it's sweeter. The dark fruits there, the cherries dark fruits. Coming out. I was gonna, I Apple. was, I was about to say smoky, but not, not Roush beer, not smoked beer, not scotch, but just something. But maybe it is some of the phenols and and some of the the fruit esters. You know, the dark fruit esters are kind of making me think smoky. A well, if bit. you think smoky, think like smoked cherry wood or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. you get some of the flavors of the fruit along with the flavors, uh, or along with some of the uh, smokiness of um, mm-hmm. the wood. Yeah, dried cherries is definitely a big aroma in here. Mm. Mm. Oh, I can smell this all day. <laughs> it's good, it's good. It, it's not a huge aroma. You really have to stick your nose in there and breathe slowly to really draw it out, though. So it's it'd be tedious to smell it all day, but, but Boy. you could do it. If cherry coke smelled like this, <laughs> I might be willing to indulge. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um if cherry coke tasted like this. <laughs> it, it, it to me is 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 very, you know, it it's like a cherry beer, but there's no cherries inside there. Mm-hmm. Um but it has some of those same flavors reminiscent of cherry syrup without it's you know, obviously no cherries, it doesn't have cherry syrup, doesn't have anything in there. Right. So just some of the oxidation, some of the uh, fermentation character, and the malts coming through to play that way, and uh, yeah, it's, it has a has a pretty full body. The beer, uh, yeah. I mean, these are big beers, but I mean, compared to the last one, this one tastes a lot more creamy and full than the last one. I'm noticing the body on it, and um, and again the. I mentioned in the information about it that is classically hopped, mm-hmm. very English, and and. I think you can tell that the the bitterness is enough to contrast the sweetness, but they don't really they don't, they aren't shining high alpha. Yeah, the uh, the bitterness is is dare I say perfect in this because you got a lot of malt sweetness in this beer, and it'd be easy for it to go cloyingly sweet. And really, the balance when you take a sip of this beer, it, yeah, it finishes not... surprisingly dry. 
yeah it, it's not sweet it's not bitter it, it's just very very balanced it, you know it's probably semi-dry in the finish there and uh yeah so the bitterness is spot on just to balance that beer out if we didn't say they're in fort bragg california that's that's way up north where uh, i think stockton's pretty far up north too isn't it uh old inventory was valley brewing company in stockton and then this is the North Coast Old Stock Ale from Fort Bragg, California. One thing I'm noticing is that that sweetness, it isn't cloying, and it doesn't. And because of the of the hopping, it doesn't stick around and doesn't. Mm -hmm. It doesn't overwhelm you. Yeah, I'm trying to. You know, we're talking about. Cherries. I still would sip with this thing. I still wouldn't drink a lot. I mean, for it's twelve percent, so you better sip. But yeah, again, the alcohol is amazingly hidden. Yeah. Yeah, this could be a deal. Although it's, it, it gets, I mean, just because at 12%, it gets a little hot, kind of like some wines do um, around the edge of your mouth because you put enough alcohol mm. there. It's Yeah, but when it's going down, it doesn't taste hot. Yeah. It doesn't taste boozy at all. You know, and if it's not tasting boozy at 12%, it's, it's pretty well done. I'm enjoying this. We keep talking about those cherries, and I'm like, excuse me, how much of that is from the beers? How much of that is from the oxidation? And can I pick out... Anything unpleasant from it's a five-year-old beer? Keep that in mind. Right? Can I pick out anything that might be unpleasant from you know potential oxidation? And I'm not really. I can't taste any cardboard or you know kind of like. Uh, if this papery. were severely oxidized, it would it would severely hurt the beer. Well, mm -hmm. severe, not, severe oxidizing hurts the beer anyway. But it would if you took that cherry a little bit too far. Mm -hmm. It would definitely hurt the beer significantly. Sure. Mm, that's good. It's really good. I'd be curious to try a 2011 version, just because I want to know, right, if that flavor comes through. Uh, oh, did we? They, they didn't have this at the Old North Coast dinner that we went to. I don't think. No, I don't think they poured this one. Yeah. No, they should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't have any uh, 2011 to compare it to, unfortunately. If I could have some of that and, like, several plates full of that uh, ceviche. Mm. Pairings be damned. I want the ceviche in the old ale. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, that's all I want. Put me on an island with <laughs> this old ale and that ceviche. I'll be living well for a couple of days at least. That I, I went uh, back, Heather and I had dinner there a couple weeks ago. They had a, a pumpkin beer and pumpkin menu bistro dinner. So it wasn't a, a sit-down-in-a-room dinner like what we went to. It was a, for three days they had the special menu you could order off of, and it was a three-course meal paired with three pumpkin beers. And they had um, pumpkin raviolis and um, some kind of pump the first appetizer was like pumpkin and shrimp and stuff uh -huh. really well done i enjoyed it um quite a bit what pumpkin ales they had dogfish they had pumpkin went with the dessert which was this um like a, uh, a <laughs> it was like a I mean, it was like a brulee, like creme brulee type thing, but it was pumpkin instead of cream, and had you know crispy on top, and, and had a, a almond brittle thing in it, okay. and then had uh, pumpkin, and then the other one was 
was it Michigan's um, Screaming Pumpkin, maybe? But, um, no, it was pretty good. It was a good dinner, and it was reasonably priced. And Heather didn't have to order off that menu, so she could get whatever she wanted. So those bistro dinners work out well for me and the wife, because taking Heather to one of those sit-down in a room where everyone has the beer dinner is kind of a waste of money, because she doesn't drink the beer. And generally, if it's one of those ones with creative menu items... She doesn't like the food, right? Because <laughs> she's not as adventurous. I mean, adventurous is an understatement. Saying she's not as not, isn't adventurous is like, um, not to the right yeah. scale. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to try anything. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. That reminds me of something. I remember. It's slightly, slightly on topic. I I remember watching some video of this actress that I like talking about. I forget even who it was, but she was talking about she was in Michigan for something, and they asked her what you know. She said she loved Michigan, and her favorite place was Jolly Pumpkin. And oh. uh, you know, she said, "Oh, it was fun. They had you know great atmosphere, great food, and great wine." I was just thinking, "Wait a minute, talk about the beers." <laughs> Is Jolly Pumpkin a brew pub, or it might have been talking about something else? I don't. Yeah, think. Jolly Pumpkin, you know, the one that Ron Jeffries runs, I don't think is a uh, brew pub, but I don't know. I mean, that is Michigan, right? So Yeah, it's in, in Dexter. I don't know. There could be some other. We'll do a little search later on and find out. This is a beer I brought back from Asheville. Last time I was down there, um, a little bit ago. Last year, I think it was. Okay, so that last one was in North Coast Old Stock. Yeah, this is Pisca Brewing. Hellbender. Pisca, everything they do is organic. They're those hippies up in the mountains near Asheville. Yes. Organic brown sugar, centennial hops, 9.8% alcohol by volume. A donation of $1 per bottle will be made to Wild South, the nonprofit grassroots organization whose mission is to inspire and empower people to protect and restore the native ecosystems of the Southeast. So, get out, people. <laughs> the entire southeast. Bought this beer at Brews and Ales in Asheville. Um, friend of the show, Julie and Jason Atala. Atala own the place. Great people. Asheville's a great beer town. Great outdoors town. Lots of hippies. The whole town smells like patchouli. Um, <laughs> lots of fun. I am uh, Looking forward to when I can uh, drag the family. Well, Heather will go there, but when I can drag the kids out there again. Right. This is uh, very clear and clean. This is a freckled beer. Mm -hmm. It's uh, another dark amber, a little bit lighter than the other ones. It's an iced tea color. Your average iced tea. Very tiny bubbles in this head. Tiny bubbles. We didn't even talk about Don LaPree. But what? <laughs> Type in Don LaPree in your notes. I forgot my computer, so I don't have the information. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about him. Create a note for Don LaPree. Thanks, Siri. Here's your note. Thanks. Roma's really tight on this one. It, it, you really get, I'm barely getting anything. You know, you're smelling it, and it just smells... Like, you're not have you Like, I don't have my nose in a beer. You know what it smells like? It smells like wet barley. It's got some of the vegetableness that comes mm -hmm. out of that. Yeah, maybe. I'm getting. 
if anything, I'm getting maybe just a hint of barley, but some booziness. In There's the also aroma. a little taste of that brown sugar in the aroma. Okay. Yeah, since Pisca's organic, I guess our slogan is we all drink downstream. So you keep those chemicals out of the water. I like it. You know, it has the... It has... Some of the problems I've had with organic beer is they tend to kind of taste a little... Not always aqueous so much, but... Uh, just every, less bodied than their non-organic. Everything beers. seems to be tuned down. The flavor seems to be tuned down. The stuff is there. The beer is there, but the mm-hmm. flavors on everything just seem to be kind of tuned down. And I can taste that here. Hmm. Everything is just kind of, you know. I've d- had some other Pisca beers, and like their IPAs and stuff are hardcore. They're not. They're not watered down. It doesn't. It doesn't taste watered down. That's yeah. the thing. It. It. I mean, the body is there. It's fully there. The. But it almost tastes like. The body is 100%, but the flavor only covers 75% of the body. I don't know how else to put it. It feels like some of it is just a thick solution that doesn't really have any flavor. Well, it does. But the flavor that is there is good. I wonder if it has anything to do with the brown sugar. Because brown sugar with the sucrose is going to ferment out and not leave any residual body in the beer, right? Yeah, so if it's it's fermentables isn't all barley, it's not going to be as fully bodied as is you know 100 percent barley. Well, that barley second barley. sip is completely different than my first sip. Okay, so good. maybe the it took some time there, but what I got there was a lot of brown sugar. Um, hmm. But okay, so if I had a negative for that second sip, it was the alcohol was very apparent. Okay. Hmm. The aroma is starting to open up a little for me as the beer warms in the glass. I'm getting a little bit. It's maybe it has to do with the brown sugar and the fermentation of the sugars, but I actually smell some honey type character in the aroma. Of this yes, no, I do too. I think it's the alcohol coming through as well. Um, but you know, it's it's an organic company. It's a little harder to hide alcohol. You can't put preservatives and stuff in there. Oh. Not not all. Not many of these do put preservatives, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean most breweries, all the breweries we've had tonight, they don't put preservatives in the beer. The organic means that you know there's no fertilizer, there's no, you know, anti- no genetically modified crops or anything like oh. that. I'm pretty sure most of them are GMO either. It's it's more the fertilizer, the pesticides, that kind of stuff. So you're not ingesting the chemicals, or even if you're not ingesting them, you know the process of growing the material didn't contribute to so they use fertilizers when they have to but well, they don't natural, use not, natural not chemical yeah, fertilizers right. they don't use the stuff you can use to blow up buildings they use the stuff that comes out of cows butts you can use that to blow up buildings too it just well, takes more time yeah it's getting a little bitter towards the end maybe it's a little bit of the booziness too more t- yeah, that last sip was a little hotter, a little more astringent, you know, a little yeah. more bitter or something. Yeah, it, it kind of... 
it loses some of its charm after you continue to drink it. It's not as drinkable as the other ones. Hellbender from Pisca Brewing. Now we get to the beer that Greg wanted to start with, but then the label warned us that, hey, it's bourbon barrel. <laughs> this is Old Knucklehead from Bridgeport Brewing. In Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Home to more breweries per capita than anywhere else in the country. Uh, English and American hops, blended with three types of pale and roasted malts. A uh, 10% by alcohol by volume, and uh, 60 IBUs. 60 IBUs. And maybe 60 EMUs, too. Alright. This one is probably another Gary Gary beer. Because I didn't buy it myself, I know that for sure. This one is also uh cloudier. Mm-hmm. It's got more head. Again, it's sort of a mixture of really tiny bubbles and a couple. None of these beers had probably a ton ones. of head, but typically you see that when you get into these bigger yeah. beers, right? They don't hold the, the the proteins or something. The alcohol keeps the proteins from keeping all those bubbles on top of the beer. However, you know, we are using glasses that we don't use very often. Yeah. Maybe the smaller glasses are doing something also. So on the aroma, you know, I was kind of <laughs> expecting to smell, you know, bourbon. You know, big bourbon barrel, you know, with lots of whiskey still in the barrel type smell. But no, it's it smells beery. So I'm not going to... You think it of... smells beery? I'm... In in general terms, it doesn't smell like a big barrel of whiskey. Well, the first thing I smelled was window cleaner. And that's primarily due to the, the, the large amount of alcohol that's coming off of the aroma. If I if I now that you say that, if I dig for it I can I can agree a little bit. That's such a disingenuous term that I don't think it's as potent enough to... Are you sure about that? Jeff just had a sip of... Well, no, I I smelled... smelled I I, I smelled your cologne, mostly. (laughs) I'm not wearing a cologne. Or deodorant, or whatever. Whatever you smelled like when you came in my house, that's what I smelled mostly when I grabbed your glass. Maybe my aftershave. I did shave and took okay. a shower and a maybe, shave. Maybe it was the aftershave. Yeah, when you walked in the house, I smelled some perfume. Uh, perfume, And uh, when I grabbed your glass, that's what I smelled again. That means everything Greg said tonight is invalid because he's getting his <laughs> aftershave all over it. <laughs> See, I don't smell it, so no, my, my, my nose is adjusted. Just took the sip, and yes, you can tell it's a bourbon beer. It comes late in the taste. Lots of uh, vanilla, cinnamon. That um, that organic beer really sold us short. I think <laughs> I really, I really <laughs> feel like that was turned down to sixty percent of a beer. I just okay. the other ones. And this one, you know, coming right after it, you can definitely taste the difference. Mm-hmm. Too bad. 
So this one, it's it's really not all that complex. It's kind of sweet. It's got um, it's actually kind of lemony. Don't you think you get? Yes, yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say something along those lines. Not quite. Maybe the same that's way, the hops, the citrus, or something from some kind of American hop. But it it comes across a little lemony. Or grape grapefruit, maybe. Yeah, could be. Yeah, so it could be hoppiness is just doing that. It's coming off as a little hot too, a little bit. Yeah, you know, the first sip, I, the you know the hot, the lemon, the grapefruit was kind of muted, and I really was drilling in on the later tastes, the vanilla, the cinnamon, the the good oak barrel flavors. The second sip was a lot more of that. I'm gonna to have to say it's a grapefruity type hop that was really coming through, and it it tastes like a fresh grapefruit. It's it's really, it's really citrusy, really potent. And frankly, there's a bit in here that tastes a little bit like rubbing alcohol. What's that? So, I mean, it, I guess grain alcohol and rubbing alcohol would smell the same, but I hope you're not drinking too much rubbing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only one that I've had, like, you know, 100% pure and I've smelled or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. I haven't seen the 100% pure grain alcohol. I don't think they want to sell that. They just want to sell the stuff that'll make you go blind and kill you. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, that grapefruit flavor is getting stronger and stronger with every sip. Hmm. This beer is not a spring chicken. I'm surprised it's still that hoppy. English and American hops. We know which ones are the American ones. Those are the grapefruit ones. I'll give it that it's drinkable, but it doesn't have nearly the kind of flavors. Yeah, it doesn't have the, the deep, rich melanoidins, those malty caramel toffee the things that make barley wines so luscious and make you want to curl up and just savor them um i'm gonna save the rest of mine for a little bit maybe do some rankings here and see if when it warms when it you know if if it develops at all you know and maybe we'll put a little footnote after the rankings i'm gonna keep my hands wrapped around this glass one thing i'd like to mention um and we talked about this uh, way before on the show but for people who haven't been listening or just catching up Barley wines are an interesting case because when they were first started to get popular in America, people over in Europe were like laughing their asses off because barley wines were grandma's beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that you know we've talked about this you know before, and then you know it's like several things where um, wit beer was well not wit beer, um, Purcellus brought that one back, but there's there's other styles that have been virtually dead. In the countries where they were invented, and you know they start, you know, someone in a history book here in the United States said, "Hey, I want to try to make that," and they start making them, and you know, yeah, they make barley wines in the UK again. You know, never stop making barley wines, but you know what I'm saying? They start. They, they weren't selling them. To, yeah. I mean, people weren't. People were buying, you know, lager, lager, mostly, yeah, mostly lager, but they sell some ales over mm-hmm. there, but not huge amounts, but. Yeah, I'll be a grandma if I can drink these all the yeah. time. Yeah, and you understand why they would have grandma drinking these. It's sweet, mm-hmm. you know. It's high, it's high alcohol, so grandma gets a little bit of buzz. 
it doesn't isn't this annoying anymore yeah <laughs> all right so let's let's do a little bit of ranking here and like i said i'm going to save some of this knucklehead see if maybe it, it gets nice and warm and opens up and brings out a lot more complexity uh i think we're pretty straightforward on our rankings though i doubt we'll disagree but we'll see so i think for the number one I'm just doing a double check here. But yeah, I think I'll put the old Stockdale number one. Right. Uh, it just was... It's uh, 2006, five years old. It didn't taste old, but it had some flavors that were probably from the oxidation. And it was... It was it was scrumptious. Um, I've had this beer several times. Not, not often, not recently, but it's a lot better than I recall this beer tasting. Uh-huh. Um, number two is the old inventory from Valley Brewing. That one was right behind it. Um, I put the old stock because it was just immensely drinkable and had yeah. a little darker, roastier flavor. It also didn't have the hot presence of the old inventory. Yeah, had. yeah. The caramel and the toffee from the old inventory was fantastic. And hot presence is not like we said; it, it's not against the style. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. allowed. It's yeah, Greg had a bigger uh, issue with the hot presence in the old inventory than I did. I didn't notice it as much. Um, so for me, it was just right on the heels of the old stock. Um, I'm not sure how Greg, how close really Greg would rank them, but we don't really do those kind of degrees normally. I'm going to put the um, Piscaw third. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it tasted too watered down or... Um, underachieving because it was organic i enjoyed a lot of the flavors in there um it did suffer a little bit at the end it got a little boozy it didn't seem like it was a good long-term sipper mm-hmm. and the i'm gonna put the old knucklehead last it was really hard it was it was such a closed up beer i couldn't get it to open up and really give me much sure um other than grapefruit you know my first couple sips first sip actually it was just the first sip I got cinnamon, vanilla, and, you know, some barrel flavor. And then after that, it just turned into this grapefruity, you know, hoppy beer. And uh, and I'm hoping that I can get some more malt out of it now that it's nice and warm. Let's see what I got here. All right. So my number one beer, just like Jeff, Old Stock. I think that was the best beer of the night. That was a beer that had me saying wow out of the gate. I don't know if I'd call it a wow beer, but it was definitely a beer that was like, whoa, this is, this mm-hmm. is cool. Uh, it very extremely well balanced uh and to the point where something that would be cloying in other beers was very well handled so yeah i, I mm-hmm. would like i said stick me on an island with some of this that would last a while <laughs> so i said fresh a cold, water a cold winter island yeah not a I, desert island i need to have fresh water too i mean let's face it uh alcohol it you know let you lose water so um old inventory would be second. I think it was, you know, a little a little too hoppy for my tastes, but not too hoppy for the style. If you like a hoppy bottle line, I think you'd love it. Um, it's really it, it had great flavors and everything, so I'm not necessarily complaining so much. It's just I have to judge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the last two, the last two, they both had significant flaws from my perspective. And I think that the... flaws or just characteristic flaws? Okay. And I think that the Pisca 
Hellbender. While I didn't necessarily think the flavors, the, the general flavors there were as good or as well presented and it was tuned down, it didn't have as many flaws as as the Bridgeport. So I would put the Pisca third and the Bridgeport fourth. Now, but... I'm curious why you say flaws. I want to explore this a little bit. Because to me, a flaw is like a production mistake. You know, bacterial infection, you know, yeah. something wrong in the brewing process. Uh, see, I would I rank them third and fourth because of certain characteristics I didn't you know care for as much as the others. I wouldn't say flaws. Why? I, right, I, want so, you to, I want you to defend flaws if you can. I don't see flaws as I mean it, it, I don't see flaws as actual technical flaws. I see flaws as deviations from from what I would expect out of your standard beer. So okay. like too hot, you know, a little bit. Uh, the alcohol is really present. That'd be a flaw. That's not necessarily a technical flaw. That's a a uh, a, a a flaw in 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 my interpretation of the term. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. None of these have major technical flaws like acetone or yeah. I mean, like that. yeah. Just when you start saying flaws, I'm like, oh, wait a second there, cowboy. Yeah, so it's it's a colloquial flaw, sure. you know, it, the, the same way that there's a colloquial theory, and then there's a scientific gotcha, theory. Gotcha. Okay, sounds good. I uh, warmed up the knucklehead, tasted the last little bit in my glass. Didn't change at all. It's not. It, it's a very tight beer. There's uh, tight meaning. It's not giving out these uh, luscious flavors that you just really want with a barley wine. Yeah, it's just not. If you jammed a stick of coal, a thing of coal up its butt, it would turn into a diamond eventually. That's a good. It's way that to put kind it. of tight. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, I guess that's about it. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio, and make sure you turn that volume knob up to eleven, just because. <laughs> we want to blow out your speakers. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear